Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Jeff Ponder and two other guys. Now here's your host, Jeff Ponder. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, and I am your host, Jeff Ponder. Uh, not joining me today is Kirk Price and Bill Day. Uh, even though I was in studio with them last week, I guess they just had too much of me and decided to not do a live show this week. I kid, of course, but we'll get to that in a bit. Season 7, episode 39, franchise episode 172 is what you are listening to at this moment. Uh, Please check out the letsgoblues.com shop and consider buying a reasonably priced shirt, mug, or sticker. All proceeds go back into this show. Please subscribe to our show on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Plex. You can also listen at letsgobluesradio.com, and if you do listen to us on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating as it uh, helps people find our show, and if you like us, then spread the word. Now that all that jargon is out of the way, let's talk about some blues hockey, shall we? Since our last recording, there has actually been five games. Um, It started off really well, 2-0-1 on the California road trip. You had that huge comeback against the Ducks. Allen has the shutout against the Kings. And then the 3-2 overtime loss to the Sharks. Still a point. Five out of six points. Can't be too upset about that. Uh, Then they came home, lost 3-1 to the surging Coyotes. And then lost 2-0 to the last place Senators on the road. So even though we are not doing our typical show, I do have some thoughts on these games that I want to share. But we're going to change it up a little bit this week. Uh, I'm going to play, I guess, your typical radio host that doesn't have a co-host, and I'm going to kind of dive into these games, and we're going to kind of dissect it a little bit, Uh, so you're just going to have to sit and listen to my voice. I'm going to do that after I talk to my guest, uh, because I know some people are probably tuning in to hear our guest this week, so I am going to, uh, to yield the floor to that interview, and then uh, if you'll stay tuned after that, I will uh, give my takes on the St. Louis Blues. Before I get into that, I do want to uh, uh, give a big shout-out, a big thanks to um, the gentleman who set up the Casper's Cup trivia event at Center Ice Brewery uh, this week. It was on Wednesday, and uh, we played against, uh, it was Let's Go Blues Radio versus Team Twitter, which was, I think, just a, a bunch of random people who uh, tweet about the Blues, and then uh, also uh, Two Guys No Cup, the other uh, Blues podcast who we had on last summer. You know, I would just tell you that we won, but, I mean, you know, that's kind of just a given, right? I mean, <laughs> Let's Go Blues Radio, of course, they're going to win hockey trivia. Uh, no, I mean, it was it was a good time. We had a great time. Um, loved meeting everybody. First time actually meeting Steven and Ian from uh, uh, Two Guys No Cup. Just great guys, big hockey fans, know their stuff. They were leading the entire night. Uh, and then the last round of, uh, I think it was six rounds, seven rounds. It could be wrong, maybe eight rounds. I don't even remember. The last round was just 
purely NHL history, and uh, our team took off. We we went ten for ten on that round and rallied and uh, ended up beating two guys no cup by a couple points. Can't even remember. It's it's funny. Uh, Kurt said we didn't even hear what the score was because we were too busy celebrating. And he's actually not lying when he says that. We all kind of went crazy when they announced us as the winners. Uh, you know because. We're ultra competitive, believe it or not. It's very strange, uh, especially myself and Bill. I know we're very competitive people. So uh, it was nice to get that win, but at the same time, we raised $400 for many great charities. Um, and, uh, you know, it. every little bit helps. And, and uh, being able to raise money for charities while doing hockey trivia, you really can't beat that. So uh, I'm looking forward to next year. Hopefully we do this again. Um, and a big thank you to Steve Albers over at Center Ice uh, for uh, letting us hold the event there. And a big congrats to Steve Albers. For those not on social media, and maybe you don't follow Center Ice Brewery, uh, they do have on tap now at at uh, Enterprise Center. I can't remember what uh, section it is. It's uh, it's the it's outside the section um, where you can get a bunch of local food and and uh, drinks. Uh, Center Ice Brewery is now on tap at the Enterprise Center. That is a huge deal for Steve. So big, big congrats to him. And uh, I know that when I go see the Blues play the Lightning in a couple weeks, I will be going and getting myself a Center Ice Brewery beer um, courtesy of the Enterprise Center. Looking forward to that. Should be fun. So as I said, before we get into the Blues talk, I want to bring my guest on. Uh, his uh, name is Dan Kingerski of Pittsburgh Hockey Now. That's pittsburghhockeynow.com. We're going to preview the Blues and Penguins game on Saturday, which takes place at noon Central Time. Uh, we also talk about the Penn season up to this point and what he expects going forward for the uh, the recent two-time Stanley Cup champions. Uh, so let's just get right into it. Here's my discussion with Dan Kingerski of Pittsburgh Hockey Now. My guest this week is the former host of Sportsnet Hockey Tonight and NHL Home Ice. Uh, other gigs have included uh, work for 93.7 The Fan in Pittsburgh, and he's the former play-by-play broadcaster for a team you may have heard of, the Johnstown Chiefs of Slapshot fame. He's the owner of PittsburghHockeyNow.com, where you can read his work and listen to him discuss the Pittsburgh Penguins. He is Dan Kingerski, and he joins me now. Dan, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks, Jeff. Dan, uh, listen, there's there's one thing that you have on your Twitter profile that I have to ask you about. You claim to have body-checked Wayne Gretzky. Is there truth to that? <laughs> well, it's a bit of a longer story. I was actually... Uh... I kind of fell backwards into being the Team USA play-by-play guy for the 2005 World Juniors up in Grand Forks, North Dakota. And I don't know if you've ever been to Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, minus 54 degrees for two straight weeks. I, I you know, you're, you're miserable. You're away from your family over the holidays. And Jeff, one night uh, they closed the elevator for Mr. Gretzky, who was then the GM of Team Canada. And being just just miserable, I kind of blew past the poor little old lady who said, oh, excuse me, sir, no, we're holding the elevator. <laughs> I, I barged onto the elevator, took it up to the press box, I'm like, I have to get to work, I'm, I don't care. So as I go barging off, the entire Team Canada uh, contingent, led by Wayne Gretzky, are marching on. Uh, let me let me call him Mr. Gretzky and I collide almost head to head. He kind of goes tumbling down because I realize what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I, I quickly like hide in the crowd and duck into the nearest corner so I can hide, realizing I've just knocked down Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> <laughs> and and no Marty McSorley or Krujelnitsky didn't come looking for me later, <laughs> though I was checking over my shoulder. <laughs> wow. Oh, man, I may have to cut this from the podcast. I don't want anybody coming after you. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, one of those moments where you just feel like about two inches tall, but also a giant ass. I was gonna, you know? Well, I mean, you did knock down the greatest player of all time, I and mean, that's pretty impressive. 
well, I don't know if he actually hit the ground, but yeah, he, I, I made sure, you know, he, he did stumble. <laughs> if I'll say, if I were you, I, I would be telling the story that he hit the ground pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll pump my chest a little bit. There you go, right. there you go. Uh, and, and something I just learned about you that I want to ask you about, um, you uh, you said you're the pl- former play-by-play broadcaster for the ECHL's uh, Johnstown Chiefs. Everyone, again, knows that from Slapshot. What's it like, uh, uh, you know, calling play-by-play for a team that everybody knows, but maybe not because of, you know, the actual team on the ice? You know, that was, it was such an interesting moment because I'll tell you what, they still play in the same building. Or they, you know, I've, the team has since moved. Uh, but, you know, back in, in 2006 and seven, they, they were in the same building as, as the movie. Uh, and, and so many of the fans, because Johnstown's a very old town, many of the fans were in the movie. And so every day, you know, you go to lunch or wherever, people are telling you, oh, hey, you're the new guy. Yep, check out this scene. There's me. There. <laughs> and and here, here's the secret of Slapshot. That wasn't a movie. That was a documentary. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Those fans really did have a, a certain bloodlust. That's, you know, the Johnstown hockey culture. Or I guess you know, the movie is Charleston, but uh, you know, there, there was a, a, a day in January I'll never forget it when the you know the Chiefs were up four to one after the first period. They were flying, uh, you know they were owned by the Tampa Bay Lightning at the time, who was sending down some higher draft picks to get some some seasoning, and the the Chiefs' number one center declined a fight in the first period. <laughs> I kid you not, there were fans waiting in the hallway to jeer their own player going to the <laughs> locker room because he wouldn't fight. It was uh, it was an experience, let me tell you. I bet. Uh, so did you ever find out who owns the Chiefs? Oh, yes, I found out who owned the Chiefs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I want to talk to you about the Penguins, uh, first and foremost. Right now they are clinging on to the, uh, the third spot there in the uh, Metropolitan Division. Uh, trying to climb up and, and find the uh, New York Islanders, who are two points ahead. Washington Capitals, four points ahead at 91 points. Um, but, you know, it, it's a very tightly contested race. You got the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, in the wild card spot right now that are uh, working their way up. They're six points behind, but, I mean, Blues fans can tell you anything can happen in six games. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, what, uh, what are you expecting from this team going forward? Uh, you know, I think they're going to finish third. Do you think there's a good chance they finish higher or lower or maybe even out of the playoffs? Well, I don't think out of the playoffs is realistic at this point. What we've seen really since, in fact, I, I just published an article before you and I began chatting. Uh, this is, has become the March of the Penguins part two very much like 2016 when they just uh something clicked with the team beginning in march and 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 they rode uh, a wave of momentum uh through to the stanley cup this team is really gelling and coming together right now they're nine two and two in their last 13 games and and in reality those uh two ties they have were the result of fluky goals in the final minute of regulation. They really could be 11-2. and two. Uh, I don't know if first or second place, I don't know if they care so much as they care about the next game. And that's really a, a hallmark of the team. They don't, they don't look at standings, you know, they worry about the playoffs. Now that that's kind of behind them, they really just focus on what's ahead of them. Uh, so yeah, now they're obviously the, the Islanders are, are kind of the Cinderella story of the year. The Capitals being former Stanley cup champions, the reigning ch- cup champs, Pittsburgh, you know, they, they're no, uh, they're, they're definitely know their way around the playoffs, but if anyone in the Metro, is there one team that you're looking at right now where you say, yeah, it's probably best if the Penguins don't play them. Um, I, I, I don't know about Columbus yet because the Penguins had a home and home with Columbus last week. They, they, they put them down pretty well in the first game. Uh, with their back to the wall, Columbus, uh, I thought, played their best game of the season then a, a couple days later, in fact, last Saturday. And, and they were dynamic and extraordinary. And, you know, watching Matt Duchesne look like Matt Duchesne and, and Ryan Dezingle and, and Sergei Bobrovsky stopping pucks, you began to say, okay, if this team catches fire, they could be a very dangerous out. Too. 
Uh, I think the Penguins match up very well against the Washington Capitals with this youth infusion that they've had since the trade deadline. I mean, have the Penguins, in addition to the size infusion, Nick, Nick Bukestad, 6'6", Eric Gibranson, 6'5", and, and they're both playing extraordinarily well. I think the Penguins actually have the advantage um, on the Capitals now. And, you know, uh, the Islanders are a wonderful story, and I think hockey fans should be rooting for them very hard, uh, both to get the new arena and to and to do well. But I don't think Islanders are necessarily uh, playoff uh, darlings. They're they're gonna they're gonna struggle. So uh, we you had just mentioned Eric Goodbranson. Uh, he was a trade deadline acquisition for the. Other new, new recently acquired Tanner Pearson had a very short stint there in Pittsburgh. Um, he was brought in mostly because I guess there was a bunch of injuries to the blue line. Ole Mata's out. I know Schultz has missed some time. Chris Letang's missed some time. Um, what has he brought to the Penguins blue line, and, and has he been a welcomed addition? Yeah, d- despite uh, almost a, a furor in the Penguins fan base when he was acquired, Branson has looked really strong uh you know there, there are some differences that he's discussed in terms of the difference between the vancouver breakouts and system and the penguins specifically within the number of options and things that uh you know a defenseman has at his disposal uh, different passes and such and he's taken to it very quickly it also what he what he brings obviously is, is that physical pushback that 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 physical presence that the penguins were really lacking on their blue line that jack johnson is a hitter but he's not necessarily a guy who is going to go over and, and punch an opponent so uh branson provided that uh, against the capitals uh, on tuesday night tom wilson began to tom wilson a little bit he and Branson then kind of squared off a couple times, and that became the match, which in effect prevented, you know, say a guy like Jake Gensel, who was chirping a little bit, from having to deal with, with Tom Wilson. And so, if nothing else, could Branson provide that, but he's also playing really uh, sound and quick hockey, too. Yeah, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about defense. You've kind of been uh, helping me out with segues, even though you don't realize it. Uh, Jack Johnson, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, Jack Johnson, uh, was somebody who's brought in, in the off season. A lot of people claimed that that was an overpayment and that, uh, it was just kind of an unnecessary signing. Um, but from what I've read from Penguins fans, he's played pretty well for uh, all things considered. Uh, what's your thoughts been on Jack Johnson? Yeah, I, I became known as the Jack Johnson guy on Twitter because I was defending him when, uh, the fan base was ready to, you know, build the rails and ship him out of town very quickly. Uh, I, I don't know if it was an overpayment. I mean, he's, he's only making three and a quarter million bucks. When you put that in the larger context of current NHL salaries for veteran defensemen, uh, you know, he's he's in the bottom third, maybe even the bottom twenty-five percent. It's now the, the the term. You know, he'll be thirty-six when that contract is finished. You know, the last year or or so might be a little bit of a slog. I don't think the Penguins are worried too much about 2023 at this moment. He he had to play right-side defense, and he's a left-hander. And he's not a great puck mover to begin with. That's not his his forte. So he's playing on his backhand for for several months. And and it really, I thought, uh, hindered his game. But the Penguins just didn't have a better alternative. Now that he's flipped over to the uh, to the left side, Justin Schultz being on the the right side, uh, I think Penguins fans are warming to him because he is a physical presence back there. But also now he's able to to move the puck and get out of trouble uh, much more easily, uh, and it's really benefiting the Penguins too. So um, also included on the back end is the goaltending. We we saw Casey DeSmith get a uh, big shutout against the Buffalo Sabers Thursday night. But your number one goalie, uh, Matt Murray, uh, first of all, I, I, I'm guessing the Blues are going to see him in goal on Saturday. And uh, there's been a lot of talks about if he is truly a number one, despite winning two Stanley Cups. Uh, what's your take on on Matt Murray being the number one goalie? And, and uh, if there's any regret from Penguins fans on, on letting Marc-Andre Fleury go in the expansion draft? 
Oh boy, you you uh, you jumped into a can of worms with that one, didn't you? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> uh, moving past the flurry stuff, we could probably spend an hour on. Yeah, there's still a, a contingent of Penns fans, um, and, and actually, I was maybe the last person off of off of that position, uh, even after it was obvious that the the Penguins were going to move on from from Flurry. I had written a few times that that was probably a mistake. Matt Murray uh, has the chance to be an elite number one goalie. I don't think he's fully formed yet. Uh, I mean, quite frankly, the inconsistency in his game is far more uh, ap- far more appropriate for a 24-year-old goalie, regardless of, of the Stanley Cups. He can be extraordinary in stretches and then very pedestrian in, in other stretches. I, I think this time of year galvanizes him. He knows how to play with pressure. The games don't get too big for him. You don't see him ever choke away goals in important games. So if nothing else, he's a solid number one goaltender who plays big in in the big times of year. Uh, something you wrote about recently, you just kind of uh, brushed across it a couple minutes ago. Uh, you wrote about how uh, Sidney Crosby's the heartbeat of the team. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of people probably saw that headline and said, duh, but <laughs> but the uh, the quote actually comes from uh, the the Pittsburgh Penguins head coach. So obviously this is uh, you know that's that's a big remark coming from the head coach of a team, especially a, a cup winner. Um, he's going to reach 100 points likely, uh, injuries barring. Um, again this season, first time I think you said since 2014-15. Um, what are, what kind of changes have you noticed in his game this year? That's kind of gotten his point totals up, and and uh, you know what 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 can you see is keeping him motivated to still be that uh, that elite player you see night in and night out. Well, I don't think motivation will ever be a problem in any facet of life for Sidney Crosby. Uh, if there's one guy in the league who's going to play till he's 46 or 48, you know, a la Chris Chelios, it, it'll be uh, Sidney Crosby. They'll have to take the stick out of his hand but uh really this year what's what's uh i think propelled his his point total has been his line mate jake gensel last season uh gensel in his sophomore year really was up and down and you know gensel won a stanley cup in a partial rookie season and i think when you do that a player doesn't necessarily understand all the work that goes into it and all the things you have to do to, to maintain that and he had a really um he had a spot a year last year in fact he had to be moved off of crosby's line for at least half of the season this year gensel is finishing those chances and creating more chances for crosby and they've got a real uh, symbiotic kind of relationship going gensel might be the best crosby line mate ever but certainly the best since Chris Kunitz was in his prime and made the, the the 14 Canadian Olympic team. So that you know that alone has propelled Crosby's points. His his play is so remarkably consistent, Jeff. It's game in game out, shift from shift. Crosby is at 100 miles an hour and, and full intensity. So so it's you, you can't point to anything any difference there. Really is just a matter of. Of, of teammates and line mates being a little better this year. So uh, you mentioned Jake Gensel having a good year at 36 goals. Uh, for this game tomorrow at, at uh, noon St. Louis time, 1 o'clock Eastern, uh, who should the Blues be keeping their eyes on in terms of uh, maybe somebody you don't expect to uh, to have a big game? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I really, I mean, I'm a grinders guy. Uh, despite growing up in, in Pittsburgh with Mario Lemieux and Yaramir Yager, et cetera, um, you know, I, I guess maybe my Canadian work has opened my eyes to, to the joys of a couple guys who, who aren't heralded. The Penguins' third line with Nick Bukestad and Patrick Hornquist are, are a textbook case of, of how to be a dynamic third line. You're going to watch those guys pound the wall, pound the forecheck, and go straight to the net. It, it, it's it's not glamorous, but it, to me, it, it's a lot of fun to watch those two just uh, get after it. And, and Bukestad, you know, playing in Florida, I don't think got much media attention. And being a you know, he was a forty point guy, so he's not going to garner headlines anyway. 
but but watching him grow into uh, a pivot role as he is with the Penguins, uh, how quick you know a six foot six guy can be. So uh, you know beyond the Crosby, beyond the Malkin and, and Kessel stuff, uh, keep an eye on the Penguins third line. Um, so uh, something else that uh, I wanted to ask you about real quick. I mentioned earlier that uh, the Buffalo Sabers were your opponent, uh, the the Penguins' opponent Thursday night. Big five nothing win for the Penguins. The Blues play the uh, Sabers on Sunday. Uh, right now, it looks like Buffalo is probably going to miss the playoffs. Uh, in terms of the Sunday game, in terms of what you saw Thursday night, what can Blues fans expect from the Buffalo Sabers? Well, I might recommend taking a Red Bull before the game. Uh, <laughs> and, and, I, and I don't mean to pile on the Sabres, but they've quit. Uh, they, they were sleepy in the first period against the, 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 the Penguins Thursday night, and they never got better. They never really pushed back. They, they never got physical. They never did anything to really get themselves in the hockey game, despite the fact it was scoreless after the first period into the second period, and the Penguins didn't get their second goal until about uh, 35 minutes into the game. So Buffalo was there. They just didn't care. Uh, it was it was quite the snooze fest if you were a Sabres fan. So I'm guessing a, a Sunday tilt won't uh, exactly jar their emotions too much. They're ready for the golf course. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Vladimir Saboka will uh, will wake up against his former team. That's pretty much all I can expect. Uh, something to happen there, maybe, but we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're in trouble, Jeff. It I, sounds know, like it. Some of the Buffalo stuff. Uh, Mike Harrington of the Buffalo News kind of tore them apart this morning too. Uh, yeah, it, things are not looking good in Buffalo per usual, I guess. No, no. Yeah, I was going to say it's kind of clockwork at this point. Uh, well, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on, Dan. Uh, before I let you go, I want you to uh, to give my listeners the opportunity to find you on social media, uh, also where they can uh, listen and read your work. Oh, sure. Check out PittsburghHockeyNow.com and my Twitter handle, and I apologize for the pompous handle. I had no choice. It is <laughs> at, at the Dan Kingersky. Great. Uh, how do you spell Kingersky? K-I-N-G-E-R-S-K-I. Great. Cool. And uh, that is Pittsburgh Hockey Now, and that is Dan Kingerski. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, We'll have to have you on again sometime. This was great. Uh, My pleasure, Jeff. Thanks. Thank you. Well, again, a big thanks to Dan. You can, again, follow him on Twitter at TheDanKingerski. That's uh, uh, T-H-E-D-A-N. K-I-N-G-E-R-S-K-I. Fantastic follow. Good guy. Knows his hockey. And uh, obviously you can tell by all the work he's done in the past that he's very involved in hockey media. So um, very cool having him on. Uh, And a big, big thanks for him for uh, coming on last minute here and and doing this show and previewing the game with us for uh, Saturday's game. Uh, Make sure you check out his site too, uh, pittsburghhockeynow.com. So as I said, we're going to talk a little blues hockey. May just be me, but there's a lot of stuff I wanted to touch on. And um, we originally had talked about doing a, a post game show after the Senators game. Probably good we didn't, because I would imagine all three of us would have been ranting, even though it's been so positive around this show lately. Uh, I think there would have been some anger, some disgust. Um, yeah, probably not good to have that go on uh, after so many positive shows in a row, but uh, I am going to kind of get into it a little bit here. Uh, Not as in-depth as we normally would, but uh, definitely some things I want to touch on. So let's let's start positive. Uh, That was an excellent trip through California. That's five out of six points. Um, Dallas, Minnesota, and Arizona, who are all, well, Arizona is, I guess, just trying to keep up in the wild card race, but Dallas and Minnesota are uh, are fighting to keep in it with the Blues. Uh, they are picking their games up. They've been surging a little bit. Uh, so getting five out of six points in California, that was huge. Uh, and that huge comeback against the Ducks, uh, that was fun to watch. Uh, just exciting stuff. I mean, again, I've said this a couple times on this show this year that I'm, I'm pretty reserved uh, as I've gotten older. But 
when they scored that goal to tie it and then win it, I went nuts. I went crazy. I mean, that was some exciting stuff. So, uh, yeah, I that's just it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, that was a high point of the season, I think. And you really thought, okay, they're going to keep this momentum going. They got Arizona, who's coming in for a wild card spot. Uh, and then you got Ottawa, who's just, you know, not a good team. Let's keep this going. Let's see where this team can go. Didn't go as well as we thought it would. Uh, the Arizona loss, you know, okay. Uh, I'm willing to say okay on that. You know, I know a lot of people were mad. They, You know, a lot of people expected a win, especially at home with Bennington and Nett. Um, but when you really think about it, they're a surging team. They won again after they played the Blues. Uh, they are 10-2 and right now in their last 12. That's impressive. They've been playing well. Darcy Kemper had a hell of a hockey game. The defense looked great. Rick Tockett has these guys forechecking like crazy. Just a good game for Arizona. Um, you know, and the Blues had their chances. Uh, you know, Schwartz scored there at the end of the game. And there was a couple different chances early on that I thought the Blues had a good chance to score. But but Kemper came up big. And Arizona just played well. Um, obviously, one play that we should mention, we, we give Jake Allen a lot of grief on this show. So I'm going to give some grief to Jordan Bennington, um, his giveaway. Uh, I know, that was disgusting. Um, rookie mistake. Some were saying, oh, that's a rookie mistake. That's not a rookie mistake. That's just a hockey mistake. Uh, you don't do that play on any level of hockey. Uh, he backhanded it right to an Arizona Coyote. I mean, that was just, just a, a gaff, just a misjudgment by Bennington. He's better than that. Every goalie in the NHL, every goalie in profession, if you're paid to play goal, you're better than that play. And uh, I think Jordan knows that. So I'm not going to sit here and, and rag on him too much. I mean, he's he's been the savior, really, of this Blues team this season. So, um, you know, it, everybody's going to have a mental lapse here and there. But that was just a bad time. It's a 0-0 game. Um, you know, Blues had some momentum going before that. Just a bad giveaway, bad goal. Um, yeah, just not much more to say about it. Just not good by Bennington. That should never, ever happen. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm the component of if it's play the puck or stay in the crease nine times out of 10, I'm going to tell the goalie to stay in the crease. You know, you want to come back, you want to stop the puck behind the net on a clear when your team has a power play. Okay. But uh, just so I get that, that, Goalies now are trained. That's that's how they're trained to, to, to hold the puck and to basically act as a third defenseman nowadays. But ah, just that's the kind of play that easily can be avoided. And, you know, goalies playing the puck outside their crease, uh, it's just not needed. You just don't need to do it. And I know Bill would probably argue with me on this, but I just stay in the net, you know? I mean, a play like that, your defenseman's right there. Just just let him take it. Uh, you know, you need to avoid situations like that, especially in a 0-0 game. So what do you say about the Ottawa game? Yuck. Ugh. Ugh. That was... Ugh. I mean, there's so much I want to complain about here. Let's let's go into the, uh, the the personnel in the game first of all. Um, so uh, Zach Sanford, we've talked about him on this show a lot. We like his game. We like him on the bottom six. And I, I you know I don't think he's playing awful right now. I know a lot of people would say he is. Um, I think he's still playing fine defensively, but his hands just have not been there. Give him a couple games to to figure it out. And they're not doing that. He's he's he needs to sit. He really does. At this point, he needs to be sitting. And uh, you know they've been playing him over Fabry, which is fine. It, you know I'm not a big fan of Fabry's game. I mean he had a big defensive lapse there uh, in the, uh, the the Senators' lone goal on Allen. Um, I mean that was not pretty. Uh, you know that's a rant in itself, but. Sanford over Cairo now. I mean, you've called up Cairo. You need some goal scoring. Team's been struggling a little bit in that area. Ryan O'Reilly's kind of finally cooled off. Tarasenko's not playing. Perron's not playing. 
give Kairou a chance in there. Let's see what he can do. Um, I would have played him 100% over Sanford with the way Sanford's been playing lately. I think a lot of fans would agree with that. Uh, just bad decision there. And, and, you know, I know we can nitpick as much as we want on coaches. You know, they, they, their jobs are tough. They've got a lot to do, a lot to consider. Um, but, yeah, that was just uh, not a good decision by Barubi. I, I think you got to play Kairou when he's up here. Give him the, the – uh, I mean, you want him to sniff the NHL. You want him – to be ready for possibly being a full-time player next year. So when he's up here, play him, see what he can do. And uh, that was just, uh, uh, ugh, just not, a, not, I don't like that decision by Barubi. I'd like to see Kairou back in, but since this game, he has been sent back to San Antonio. So possibly some good news, David Perron coming back. Uh, that would be nice. So we'll see uh, Saturday against uh, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. It'd be nice to see Perron back in the lineup and a, top six role, especially with Tarasenko still out. So we'll see, but, uh, but no more Jordan Cairo. So that's not an argument anymore, but uh, still in that game, uh, I would have seen, I would have loved to seen him get a chance uh, there on the bottom six. Okay. Uh, you got to score goals, <laughs> you know, I mean, to win games, you have to score. Uh, you, the other team's not going to shoot it in their own net. Uh, you know, your goalie can't, post a shutout every game and, and you can't win it in a shootout. Uh, again, Ryan O'Reilly, I, I don't want to uh, draw any attention to him really because he's just been such a uh, force for this team all year. You know, he, he I don't expect him to keep that pace up all year long. Um, I mean, he had this team on his back to start the year. I'm okay with him having a week or two where he's just not looking like a dynamic scorer. So, I don't want to, I don't want to place any blame on him because the other guys need to be picking it up. But there was that play, uh, I think it was in the second period, where he had a wide open net. And I know he was on his backhand, but he shot it right into Nielsen's leg pad. Oh, you've got to lift that, O'Reilly. Lift the puck. Good lord. I mean, I know that it's a it's a bang bang play. The puck's at your stick. You're you know, kind of coming from the corner. Uh, you just want to get it on net and hope it gets in there. But, man, you got to lift that. If you lift that, it's in. There's no doubt in my mind Nielsen doesn't make that save. Uh, that was just a ugh, disgusting play to watch. I mean, I, I mean, great. Let's give some credit to, to Anders Nielsen. That was one hell of a save. But lift that puck, O'Reilly. You're better than that. And uh, another player that I'm probably going to Maybe go off on a little bit that people won't like, because uh, I know I've already gotten some flack on Twitter for it. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, seven goals on the year. You got to shoot the damn puck. You just, you got to take your chances when you get them. Uh, first period, he has a three-on-one, gets the gets a pass, I mean, right, right to the, I guess that would be the right of the slot, and he elects to pass it uh, over to Sunquist on the far side, who was covered and never really got a shot on goal. Shoot the puck, Jaden! What the hell? I mean that that was egregious. If I'm if I'm Baruby on that play, and I think it was, and I don't think a lot of people really drew attention to that because you know you want to see him make this beautiful pass where Sunquist just has a tip in, you know. But you got to shoot the puck there. Your your team's struggling to score lately. Uh, you don't have Vladdy Tarasenko out there scoring a goal a game. You gotta shoot the puck, man. Ugh, just a bad decision by him. I would have sat him after that for the rest of the period. Maybe even another period after that. And I know that they kind of want to see him get going, but he's got seven goals on the year. You know, he's not going to be your breakout player right now. I I would have sat him. I mean... Poor, poor decision making by Schwartz, uh, and he's just, he needs to pick his game up. Let's face it. I mean, he's paid to score. He's paid to get points. At this point, he's not even a top six forward for the Blues. That's why I'm really hoping David Perron uh, comes back here pretty soon because, oh, Jaden on a top six role right now does not look comfortable. Uh, we need some offense from him. That there's just none there, and and having him try out on the first line for a while, then the second line. He needs to be sitting uh, next to, to 
Bozak or Steen on the third line, uh, you know, when, when it's late in a game because I just don't trust him to do the right thing. So speaking of the right thing, now listen, before I get into this, Jake Allen had a very good game against the Ottawa Senators. Uh, worst team in the league, yes, but he played well. Uh, the goal, I, again, I, I put that on Fabry. I don't put that on Allen. Um, he played very well, and, and he's had a, he's played well lately. So, uh, you know, kudos to him. However, we've talked about this. You want to play the hot hand, yes. But Jake Allen is not this team starter. He struggles. He sits. That's the way it needs to be. And Bennington struggles. Yeah, get Allen out there for a game or two. But you put him back out there. You treat Bennington as your starter. Because of this back-to-back, Jake Allen will be playing in five of the next, or five of six games in a row. He's not a starting goalie. Can you think of any backup goalie that's going to play five of six? No. Listen, again, ride the hot hand. Uh, I was fine with Allen starting against San Jose. Uh, Fine with him getting the start in L.A. That's fine. Uh, But I think, and I know Ottawa's the worst team, and you're wanting to still build his confidence a little. That is clearly Bennington's game. And the fact that that goes back to Allen that just goes to show the constant mistakes from this organization constantly, constantly giving him his starting job back just because of his contract or Armstrong's commitment to him. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, It's going to be what stops this team from making the playoffs. Listen, I'm not, I'm not saying Jake Allen is is at fault for every Blues problem, but Jordan Bennington is your starting goalie. He's made that clear this season. Uh, you know, you, you look at the way that the the schedule shook out. That uh, that 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 Ottawa game, even though it was the worst team in the league, you're you're playing your starter that game with the back to backs coming up. With uh, you know the the Arizona game, it's just the way that the schedule works out, your starter likely gets that game last night in uh, Ottawa, and he didn't get it. Uh, your starting goalie is not Jake Allen, and this organization is going to keep pushing him. Maybe this summer we see something. I doubt it because I don't think you're going to be able to move that contract. But this is just another one in the long run of mistakes this organization has made in goaltending. And it's it's awful. I mean, I don't even know what to, to say about it at this point. That, you know, you, listen, I could be way off here. Jordan Bennington could finish out the rest of the season and Jake Allen doesn't play again and come back to this episode and laugh at me. That's fine. But I'm telling you, and, and I think Jeremy Rutherford even said this, and I'm, I'm a fan of Jeremy, great guy, great reporter. He said if the playoffs started right now, he would start Jake Allen. No, no. We've seen this before. We've seen this movie before. We know how ha- what happens here. You can't keep going back to Jake Allen. This is Jordan Bennington's net. Hey, listen, since March 2nd, that's three games for Bennington. 868 save percentage, 309 GAA, nine goals on 59 shots against. Not great numbers, obviously. But how many times have we seen those numbers from Jake Allen, but he keeps going right back out there? Uh, this is Jordan Bennington's net to lose, not Jake Allen's. And and but the organization they're going to keep pushing Allen, and it's infuriating because it's clear this team does not play its best in front of Allen. Again, not blaming him at all for the Senators game, even the Sharks game. Don't blame him at all. But he's not the starting goalie. And you want to say ride the hot hand? He's hot, yeah, but you got to get your starter in there at some point to pick his game back up. And the, with them not starting him against Ottawa, that tells me Jordan Biddington is not this team starter, which is laughable, laughable. Armstrong's legacy. We've talked about it on this show before. This is Armstrong's legacy, goaltending. We're going to look back at this era of Blues hockey 20 years from now, and this is how we're going to remember the Doug... Armstrong era is just miscues and goal constant 
and uh, I just don't see it ending anytime soon. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up here. I think I've ranted enough, enough hot takes for you out there. Uh, let's go over a couple Twitter handles to follow. The show Twitter is at LGB Radio. Uh, you can follow the other hosts of the show. Kirk Price is at Kirk Price. Bill Day is at Billy Blue Note. And you can find me, Jeff Ponder, at JPonder94. I probably don't say this enough. Uh, if you haven't friended me on Facebook, you haven't found me on Instagram, you can find me on those as well. Facebook, uh, Jeff Ponder. And then on Instagram, uh, JPonder94. And uh, Kurt and Bill are on both those two. I'm sure they'd probably tell you the same thing to uh, friend them on there if you haven't already. Uh, also, follow us on Facebook, uh, Let's Go Blues. Not Let's Go Blues Radio, but Let's Go Blues for the website that uh, the show is hosted on. So find us on there as well. So what's up next for the Blues? Well, we talked about it already on this show. Saturday, uh, they play the Pittsburgh Penguins in Pittsburgh at noon. Sunday, another back-to-back weekend game, last of the season, uh, the Buffalo Sabres at 4 p.m. Tuesday, uh, they play the Edmonton Oilers at 7 at Scott... uh, I always want to call it Scott Trade. Enterprise Center. And I will be... uh, We will probably be back on Wednesday, I would imagine. But Thursday, they play the Red Wings. Uh, So hopefully that'll be a a fun game to watch for uh, those of us that are feeling nostalgic. But uh, Curtin Bell should return for a likely a, a, a regular live show. Uh, like I said, probably Wednesday, March 20th will be our next show. I would almost uh, go ahead and circle that on your calendar because I know listeners circle when our shows are. Yeah, I probably not ever. Uh, we'll be joined that show actually by a couple guests, uh, Joe and Wags from Crunch Time with Joe and Wags. They're a local radio show and podcast. That covers all St. Louis sports. So they're going to be joining us for the start of that show uh, to talk a little blues hockey, talk a little playoff implications, whatever's going on that week. Um, we'll be having them on to talk with us. So looking forward to talking to them and having them on. I uh, should also mention, too, that I am working with a, a couple different people uh, for the intro and outro song for the summer episodes, as well as... Uh, next season's uh, shows. So, uh, yes, we change it up every year. We get a different outro, different intro, and uh, that is not going to change. As great as this intro and outro is from Smash and Gene Ackman, how much I love listening to that song, uh, we are going to change it up. I want to say unfortunately, but we got a couple in the works that I'm I'm pretty excited about. So I'm still kind of working through that, but uh, when the summer shows start, we will have a new intro for you to enjoy uh speaking of summer shows i will be having uh guests on here pretty soon i'm going to start recording these episodes if you haven't heard uh we are calling it well actually i don't think i've announced this yet we're calling it behind enemy lines let's go blues radio uh we are going to uh it's it's going to be me interviewing like i did last uh summer uh people from around the league though uh rather than just blues personalities and I'm going to be talking about Blues' history with said team. So we'll have an L.A. Kings person on, which I'll go ahead and say is Eddie Garcia of the Puck Podcast. Uh, you know, we'll be talking about recent playoff matchups, the Gretzky trade, uh, the Jeff Cortnall run in Jamie Store game, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So I'm going to do that for 30 shows over the summer, which I am very excited about. Uh, so if you have uh, anything that you can think of, uh, and I'll be and follow me on Twitter for this. Uh, when I start doing these interviews, I'm going to tweet out who I'll be interviewing and for um, you know what uh, what team. So if you follow me and you can think of anything for that team, you know if you're like uh, Buffalo Sabers, oh I, man, I want to I want to I want them to talk about Clint Malarchuk. You know as disgusting and awful as that was, that's what I want to hear from that episode. Let me know. Um, you know some of these teams, it's going to be a little bare. Uh, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights might be a little tough. Um, and then just teams out east. So I'll be looking for uh, some content. So if you want to help me out there and you think of anything that you want me to talk about with uh, these these guests that I'll be having on over the summer, um, go ahead and let me know. Twitter at jponder94. And, of course, as I said, you can find me on Facebook as well. Just look up Jeff Ponder. 
So, uh, yeah, make sure you follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook for uh, finding out when each show is going to be recorded. Uh, if you've never tuned in for one of our live shows, I ask that you do because we welcome listener participation. We have a uh, YouTube chat every week that uh, that people it's pretty active, fairly active, which we enjoy. Uh, and then we also uh, often ask people to come on the show uh, towards the end of the episode to give their takes on the St. Louis Blues and, and you know any questions they have or anything that they want to get off their chest. We, uh, we allow that uh, regularly, so make sure you tune in for those. Well, that will conclude this week's episode. I want to again thank my guest, Mr. Dan Kingerski. And again, make sure you check out uh, PittsburghHockeyNow.com. Thank you for listening. Thanks to Kurt and Bill, as always. And until next time, everyone, let's go Blues. Thanks for listening to the Hockey Show Blues Report of the Week. Have a great day. (laughs) 